Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Also, Premier Ortho, a division of Premier Healthcare, helping people living with injuries and chronic back, spine, or joint pain to get back on their feet. Premier Ortho, 333-1933. Online at mypremierortho.com. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, and I'm along here today with my co-host, Kyle Stokes, who's uh, sitting in for Mary Catherine Carmichael. Kyle's from Impact Indiana and WFIU. Good to be here, Bob. Today we're going to talk with four recent high school graduates about uh, their plans for the future and some of the things they've gone through in their high school days. So let me introduce them. Evie Bauman is here. She is from Bloomington High School South. Alex St. John from Bloomington High School North. Tony West from Brown County High School, and Jordan Patterson from Columbus Signature Academy. If you have questions or comments, want to talk to these uh, fine young people, you can join us by calling 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. The web address is wfiu.org slash noon edition. So welcome to all of you. Thanks for being here. Thanks Thanks for having us. All right. So now I, I gave you that really brief introduction about where your schools are. So I want each of you to be able to talk a little bit about your future plans and, uh, you know, what you're going to be doing next. So, Evie, let's start with you. Well, next year I'll be headed to Notre Dame up in South Bend and um, not entirely sure what I want to study yet. Um, have a couple of different areas, including like anthropology to math to uh, political science. So we'll see where I end up. Okay. What have, what have you been studying in, in high school? I mean, do you have a, an area that you've been mostly focused on? Um, not particularly. I took a couple of uh, science classes at South, and this year I took AP Chemistry, which was really fun, so I'll be taking Chemistry next year, too, and, okay. uh, you know, maybe a pre-med track along the way. Mm-hmm. Who who knows? Okay. <laughs> Alex? Well, I will be headed to IU next year. Um, I'm really excited. I got a direct admit to the Kelly School of Business, so that's going to be my main focus, um, business. And then I've always been really passionate about science throughout high school, and I want to keep science in my life. Um, and so I'm going to also be studying neuroscience. Okay. And uh, Tony, next. Let's go with you. I, uh, I really have my intentions on going to an internship out in Idaho, Coeur d'Alene, um, that is more geared toward becoming a, a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for some of the different things I've done to prepare for that in uh, high school, uh, as I'm sure you guys know, there's not really many classes offered in most high schools. But um, there was a mentoring program that I did that uh, went really well. I went and uh, mentored with um, a fellow from my church, and so that turned out pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, and you were involved in theater and, and theater and band, and, and yeah, a lot of the arts kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> okay. And Jordan, how about you? I will be headed to Rose Holman Institute of Technology, and I will be studying mechanical engineering. And that's just how I am right now. That might change. I'm also interested in um, biomedical engineering or possibly something with the military after college. Not sure yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to play football? Too? Yeah, I'll be playing football. Mm-hmm. Um, I was originally just going to do intramurals, but I found that um, they have a, they had a statistic that they told me that the students do better when they're playing a sport because they set their set their priorities. So I thought, why not? So mm-hmm. um, I've been also been interning at Cummins for over a year, just over a year, and I think that's really helped me prepare for for college and if this is really what I want really what I want to do and I think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how you were um you kind of got your internship as part of your experience with Columbus Signature Academy a new tech high school and it's 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 project based. I mean, can you talk a little bit about what that yeah, experience was like in high school? Um instead of the traditional model that we normally see of getting a textbook and reading a textbook and then coming in the next day and doing a test or a quiz, we would get something called an entry document which would tell us our project. And through the project, we would learn the content. It, wasn't, it wouldn't just be learning all the content and then doing a project at the end. The learning would come in the project, and they would try to be real-world based. And so 
one of my favorite ones is a World War II documentary that my whole junior class did last year where we all came together and interviewed 12 um, veterans, local veterans, and recorded their stories and then showed it at a local theater. And so obviously throughout this, we're not just dealing with the the veterans. We're also still learning about the history and all that part, but it just kind of adds a little bit more to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask uh, the other students because you, you're at a new tech high school in mm-hmm. Bloomington, start, Monroe County Community School started a new tech here. Uh, new tech, the new tech model was started a lot because people would say things like, well, you know, the comprehensive high school is sort of a uh, it, it's a different kind of model. Some people learn better in a, in a new tech kind of setting. And I guess I'll turn to Evie and, and Alex first and then go to, to uh, Tony to, to talk about you know, the opportunities for collaborative learning or project-based learning in the comprehensive high schools that you've gone to. Or do you find that they're more, uh, you know, read books, listen to lectures, uh, find out things that you need to take multiple-choice tests on and that kind of thing? So, Evie? Um, at South, there's kind of a variety. There, there were definitely the classes where you go home and read the textbook and then take a test the next day. Um, but certain teachers and certain classes emphasize group work. Like uh, the speech class that I took my sophomore year was a lot of like group discussion based, or um, it kind of just depended on the teacher in that setting uh, whether they you know encouraged and enjoyed having big class discussions and class projects and working with partners um, as opposed to individuals doing their own work at home. Um, um, but I, I did find there was um, not an abundance of projects, but there were enough that I was really satisfied and got to collaborate with peers enough that um, it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. Alex? Throughout high school, I've taken a variety of courses, you know, all across the board. And I'd agree with Evie. There are some teachers that really stick to the textbook and really focus on that. But I've had a variety of opportunities to um, do interesting group work. It just really depends on the teacher. And I think there's still some teachers out there that really emphasize creative group learning. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that coin, are there teachers, you know, when we talk about what the state of schools are, there are teachers that people say, well, we know which ones are good and which ones are bad, and it's easy to tell. Do you, can you guys tell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, for me, it's um, uh, students connect with different teachers, and there are some teachers that um, students just really appreciate, and they appreciate how they teach and how their classroom is run. Um, I think every student can find a teacher in the building that's maybe their favorite and they think is a wonderful teacher, and it changes from student to student. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tony? Really, as they kind of said, uh, there you will find teachers who really do stick straight to the textbooks. Um, I've found more that do that than uh, branch off and have group work. But there are a few. I know with um, me being in band, you really don't have textbooks per se, but I mean, you can go off and you're doing stuff like solo and ensemble. You can do all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I will agree also that different teachers um, you can connect with differently, whereas I don't like sticking towards the books. So the teachers that branched off had group work or um, you actually went out and applied it and learned at the same time, I liked those better than, okay, I want you to read Chapter 12 and then be prepared for a test at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So. Well, let me give our phone numbers again, and I want you to follow up on that for, for just a second. Okay. But our phone numbers are 855-0811-877-285-9348. The web address is wfiu.org slash noon edition. We're talking with uh, four recent high school graduates who are here in the studio, Evie Bauman from South, Alex St. John from North, Tony West from Brown County, and Jordan Patterson from the Columbus Signature Academy. Um, I wanted to ask about, you know, what are the qualities of of these good teachers you're talking about. I mean, Kyle asked the the question, and and I guess I'm asking in just a little bit of a different way. I mean, when you think back to the very best teachers you've had, were there some common denominators? Um, I found anybody, any any teacher who um, makes it really more of a stress-free, not so much of, okay, you absolutely have to get this done, but, you know... (laughs) Exactly like that, too. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But anybody who will take the time to help you during class and even offer, um, you know, saying that they can come in earlier or even stay later, I found, are very good teachers. And also, um, there's a teacher at the high school, Mr. Noriega. He and another science teacher, Mr. Henry, 
also have a um, communication during the classes. They like to pull pranks on each other during the classes. And so it just brings it, it brings a livelihood to the whole class in general. And, I mean, you know, you find teachers like that who even where it's just two of them incorporating different things into each other's classrooms can – Really, it's not much of a distraction. It's more of an advancement because we're all, you know, instead of being mindless zombies <laughs> reading our books, we're actually, you know, put back in the real world and we're just kind of laughing. And but it's still everything's still being applied. Yeah, Jordan. I mean, you're you're in a situation where you're doing a lot of group work. Does that take the equation of teach of the teacher out of it, or there's still something that, that oh, no. makes for a good teacher for you? Oh no. Well. The small school culture, like we started out with 100 kids, and there were no other, no other, te- no other kids older than us. So I guess per se, quote unquote, we didn't have the freshman experience where uh-huh. there's seniors picking on you and saying, "Do this freshman, do this." Where <laughs> we were, we were, the, we we have always been the older kids of the school. So freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year, we were always the older kids. So we really had to grow really close together because we were learning the same times that the teachers or facilitators is what we like to call them. And so as they were growing, we were also growing. And so we kind of grew together. And so by the end, there were three or four teachers that were facilitators that were with us the entire time. And so, I mean, I have I have their phone numbers. I Skype them. I talk to them sometimes. And so the really, the really the best ones are the ones that you can be personable with, mm-hmm. not just the person that's up there talking to you. Mm-hmm. It's someone you can talk, talk to afterward and have a nice conversation with. How many of the uh, hundred kids who started with you finished at at uh, the signature school? Uh, ended up with seventy six. Mm-hmm. Um, it slowly dwindled after a while. Yeah, um, well, I think they, the, they went to Ethan, East and North because, like we said earlier, it's not for everyone. Yeah, Bloomington uh, Bloomington's New Tech High School I think started with mm-hmm. close to a hundred and wound up with sixty some in, in their graduating class. So, wondered how that compared. Yeah, exactly. How about you guys? Um, I, I mean, any shout outs to good teachers or what they did well? <laughs> Um, my favorite teachers were the ones that were the most passionate about their subjects. Um, I know my Latin teacher for four years, who I was in the classroom with every year, um, just absolutely loved the subject. And she also taught my AP English class. And um, you could just tell she enjoyed the material so much that she was teaching that you couldn't help but enjoy it, too. Even if it was difficult or if it was challenging, you know, she found um, joy in it. So you could, too. And uh, those are my favorite throughout the years, the ones who really enjoyed what they were doing. And you could tell and it makes it much more enjoyable as a student Mm -hmm. yeah if you walk into a classroom and a teacher is really passionate about what they're telling you it makes the complete experience and then teachers that um, make those connections outside of school and outside of the subjects they're teaching i had um mrs wilson who also did habitat with us and she was so great because she really um was engaged both in the classroom and then with Habitat. And then um, a teacher, Mr. Adams, who also did Business Professionals of America with us and coached Powderpuff, which was completely great <laughs> because for a lot of people, you know, he helped students get involved outside of his classroom and was really just um, so interested in our high school experience as a whole, which was really wonderful. I want to pick up right there. You mentioned a high school experience because this is a lot more than just classrooms that's going on. You have extracurricular activities and sports, athletics, and and even things beyond extracurriculars outside of extracurriculars as activities that you're involved in in the community. I'm wondering how busy you guys are and if maybe you guys (laughs) were a little too busy. (laughs) I'll start on the side of the table here. If you guys want to sort of weigh in, what kinds of things were you involved in? And is there too much? Do you guys find yourselves and a lot of your classmates as busy all the time? Yeah, definitely. Especially this year um, with the MCCS school day expanding, it was ridiculous. Like, I'm very glad that I don't have to go to school at 740 in the morning anymore just because I didn't have enough time in the day. Um, Throughout high school, I did a lot of different activities. I played varsity volleyball at one point. I was on the dance team and the tennis team, and I was part of Bloomington South Dance Marathon, which took up a lot of time, as well as a lot of theater activities in Sounds of South. So um, ranged across the board, South was great with 
offering all of those activities. A lot overlapped, and you have to choose priorities. And I find a lot of friends, you know, giving up different passions to pursue mm-hmm. others, especially with the college application process. It was really hard to like narrow down on what you wanted to pursue passionately because, you know, you hear the cliche when you're applying to college, they don't want to see a long list of activities anymore. You know, they want to see what you're truly passionate about. And I found I was passionate about a lot of things. And that, that balance is so hard to strike, right? I mean, like, it's just you. there are so many things to be passionate about. And especially, at you know, in your schools, there's a lot of things to get involved in. How do you strike that balance? Well, it really, I mean, I was involved in sports. I did two varsity sports, soccer and track, and then Hoosiers Outrun Cancer, Habitat for Humanity, um, student athletic boards. So there were a lot of things to get involved in. And um, if I was going to give advice to a student in high school right now, it would be only become involved with things you're passionate about because it makes all of those early mornings and late nights and, you know, staying up really late studying for tests and all that. It makes it worth it and it makes your high school experience great if you really love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Jordan? Well, I originally started playing three sports my freshman year, football, (laughs) basketball, and track, and that was just way too much. And so uh, I wasn't as passionate about track and so I dropped that my sophomore year and continued to play football and basketball and then this year um, I really made a hard decision I stopped playing basketball um, and you played basketball at, uh, at, football, Columbus at Columbus East, East. Okay. but I stopped playing basketball because um, I, mean, I, was still, I still love playing basketball I played since I was in what se- second grade or something like that and so it was really hard to, to stop and because I loved it so much but I wanted to prepare for Rose Holman and um, since I was going to play football, I wanted to focus on that. And so I stopped playing football. But also, um, as a senior, we have a graduation requirement to have an internship. And so every day we got out of school at 1240, which was kind of awesome at the beginning. But then you have to work, work for your internship. And so I worked at my internship at Cummins, which I'd already started in the summer. I just continued on. Um, but I worked from 1240 to 5. And so my day would be getting at school at 7.45 and going until 12.40 all the way till 5 o'clock working. And so my, my days were long. And so that, that's how a lot of students were. And a lot of students, student government, National Honor Society, and other extra, extracurriculars, there's so much to balance. But mm-hmm. you know, Tony, it's not just sports, too. It's it's being involved in arts activities. I know that it's – and yeah. it's not even just theater, too. There's music and things oh, yeah. like this, too. I mean, I found that uh, my school year would wind up looking like um, – I would have various days that I could do things, various days that I couldn't. And as uh, as senior year really started to hit me that, okay, this is my last year here. I really need to start preparing for college. I also went out and got a job, which that also took a lot of time. I'd get out of school at 3 o'clock and wind up not leaving work until roughly 7.30, sometimes even 8 o'clock at night. And then I'm getting texts from my friends. Hey, you want to hang out? Sorry, I got to study for a test, or you know, I got to do this, that, and the other. And you know, when it came to uh, band and drama, there are certain days that I couldn't, eat, you know, couldn't do anything because school would end. I would be getting ready for a band concert or playing at the high school uh, football or basketball games or having an actual play. I mean, I found that my time was stretched very, very thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're listening to Noon Edition, and we have four uh, recent high school graduates in the studio with us. Evie Bauman from Bloomington South, Alex St. John from Bloomington North, uh, Jordan Patterson from the Columbus Signature Academy, and Tony West from Brown County High School. If you want to ask them questions, join us uh, at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. The web address is wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. Evie, I was uh, struck by one of the things you said about how you'd had the same Latin teacher for four years. <laughs> you know, Latin is one of those uh, subjects that I think if you went to the Indiana legislature and they were talking about <laughs> education, I'm not sure that Latin would be one of the subjects that they would suggest uh, should be even being like she's Indiana In Indiana high schools today. And, and I guess I wanted to let all four of you sort of react, but Evie, I'll start with you about – uh, whether you you know sort of agree with the things you've heard coming out of the 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 adults, let's say the legislators, the the school boards, the, the various people who are critics of the schools, you have a Latin experience that you really enjoyed. Um, you know, what did you get from that Latin experience, and why should why shouldn't schools just do away with Latin? 
Well, Latin and I know Japanese was cut from our curriculum a couple of years ago, and it's um, it's really a shame because you know random uh, group of people took Latin in my high school, but I met some of the most eccentric and um, diverse people in that class, and it was a great way to connect with people that you wouldn't otherwise. And uh, pursuing areas that aren't generally um, offered in the school curriculum. Um, is just a lot of fun. I mean, maybe I know one kid in my class loved Latin, loved the classics. That's what he wanted to do in college. Is it fair to cut that out of the um, school options for people like that who really want to pursue that? I mean, and there are some people who truly love um, those diverse topics that, you know, they wouldn't uh, excel in high school in other areas. So that's their um, place that they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was really important um, that we kept that. And I'm so glad. And I met the best teacher doing it. And I'm sure there are so many stories like that. Mm-hmm. Probably not on any standardized test, though. Huh? <laughs> 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 okay. Alex? I think question? a lot of times it's the electives and those classes um, that aren't in everyone's curriculum that really make the high school experience for people. Um, It's the classes that students are passionate about. Um, Certain They can be really obscure topics, too. We had um, a military history class, and I just loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, being able to go in there and learn about something that wasn't in the regular curriculum. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jordan? Well, you have a lot. You had a lot of different (laughs) classes, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we still had our core classes, and we had integrated courses as well, so we would have a biology and literature class or a um, current events and world history class. But I think that the challenging part is that not every class is available to every student. And so sometimes you just can't fit it in your schedule because there's only so much time in the day. And so I think the biggest part is getting everything that you need to get in, but still getting the things that you're passionate about. And so mm-hmm. like I wanted to have a um, like a weightlifting class, but it just couldn't fit in my schedule because I had my other core classes I had to take at CSA, mm-hmm. and I just didn't have time for it. And so it's just yeah. – I mean, I don't know if anybody could really do much about it, but it's just hard. Yeah, I guess another twist on the, the question uh, for Tony is, you know, there there are all these pressures for standardized testing mm-hmm. now. I mean, how does that sort of fit into, you know, your your – Every day at school, I mean, how much time and how, many, how much effort and how much discussion is on the fact that you have to take these standardized tests as opposed to the things that you might want to learn? Um, I mean, that's really – it's more difficult for me to answer just because I really didn't hear all that much uproar. It was just, okay, great, we have to take these tests and we have to take our final placements and whatnot. But, I mean, I view those as definitely being important, but at the same time I really see – time to just take your extracurriculars or even your electives as very important. I mean, uh, this last semester I had four different music classes, a film literature class, and a study hall, and also my mentoring. So my last semester especially was very, very much so relaxed, but I found I learned more that semester than I had in all the other semesters combined just because I'm not learning textbook I'm learning more application and yeah. how to really connect. Well, I really appreciate your answer. And, and let me just say that part of the reason we like to have this show is because there are so many, you know, so many things that we write in the newspaper or that we read from someplace else about, you know, what it's like in school today. You know, one of the things is standardized tests. You know, they're, they're, you guys are being beaten over the heads about standardized testing. And you just said, at least at Brown County, that wasn't really the case. It was just sort of a part of, the, part of what you do. Mm-hmm. So – Hopefully, could anybody else want to react to that whole notion of standardized tests and whether it's uh, taking up too much time in your school life or not, Alex? I mean, I would agree that it's kind of just part of it. Um, I think that they are they are important, and it's not something that you know the students are up in arms about. But I think that it's not the only way that students should be evaluated because a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, their, you know, the grades they get on standardized tests doesn't really reflect 
um, their intelligence, how well they're doing, because not everyone can be tested in that way. So I think it's important to still have those tests. And at the same time, I think it's important to evaluate students in other ways. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I would add on to that. Um, It's definitely been a big pressure and not that an individual can mature a lot in 10 months. But in the past 10 months, I've been thinking a lot about um, standardized testing in the college application process. And the more and more I think about it, the less and less important it becomes, although it's been drilled into my head and it gets very, very competitive applying to certain schools with those scores that you just, um, it's it's a level of confidence, too, that, uh, you know, you have to build up a thick skin um, to say, I'm more than a test score and pursue activities that show you off that you love to do and um, focus on those and writing essays, you know, that really reflect you and um, show that you are more than a test score because it's it's really demeaning just to um, not be accepted or not think that you're good enough for a school simply because you missed three questions on this test. Do you guys feel like it comes down to that, like you are your SAT or, or ACT score, the amount of AP credits that you're bringing in? Does that feel like that sometimes? Well, I feel like it, they make a big deal out of it because mm-hmm. a difference in a 700 on the SAT compared to like a 680 or something could be a difference between $1,000 in scholarships mm-hmm. and $10,000 in scholarships. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I get the point and the stress in that because it will help you get more money. But like Alex and Evie said, that it's not not the best way to do it at, in all cases because some students, yes, they can sit down and write a test for four hours, but some students just shut down after an hour or even before they even get started. But um, I think with the SAT specifically, it's more logical than content. And so some students may, not, may just not think logically. And students may be really good on content. They may get perfect straight A's. But just when it comes to thinking logically, they just can't do it. And so. All right. We've had uh, break time. So we're going to have to take a short break. You're listening to Noon Edition as we talk with four recent high school graduates about their upcoming plans and, uh, and just getting their take on uh, what's going on in the world. So if you want to join us for the second half, please call us at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348. The web address is wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville, information at smithville.net, and from Premier Ortho, online at mypremierortho.com. You can take WFIU with you by downloading podcasts directly to your PC, Mac, or MP3 player. Programs such as Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, and short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews are all available on demand. Pick them up at WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? The WFIU News Team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Catch the Friday feature just after 8.30 during Morning Edition, just before Noon Edition, and at 5.45 during All Things Considered. They're also archived on our website, WFIU.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times, along with co-host Kyle Stokes, who's sitting in for Mary Catherine today. Uh, We're talking with four recent high school graduates who have big plans ahead. Uh, Evie Bauman from Bloomington High School South, who's going to Notre Dame. Alex St. John from Bloomington North, who's headed to IU. Tony West, a graduate from Brown County High School, who's heading out to uh, some mentoring programs, right? In what state did you say? In Idaho. Idaho. And uh, Jordan Patterson from the Columbus Signature Academy, who's headed to Rose Holman to study mechanical engineering and play a little football. So if you want to join us on the program, we hope that you will, the second half. Uh, you can call us at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 from outside the local calling area. Also, the web address is wfiu.org slash noon edition. Now that I have all that out of the way, uh, we hope that students will call perhaps. Maybe some of your your student colleagues will call and tell you if they think you're right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a call uh, already, though, from Bloomfield, and it's Emmanuel. Hi, Emmanuel. Hi, how are you? Good. Go ahead, sir. Well, um, I was just calling because I heard 
heard your show, and uh, I'd like to comment on the study of Latin and some other things. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I am 60 years old, and I'm an attorney and a consultant, and I work all over the United States. Um, I studied Latin in high school for two years. Um, I also studied uh, four years of Spanish going into college. Uh, but I, I am glad uh, that I studied Latin. I have found it very valuable throughout my life. Uh, when my sister was in high school, she did a, uh, a project, an annual project in school, where she wrote to many famous people asking them whether they had studied Latin and whether they had found the study of Latin to be valuable. And she wrote to people like presidents of the United States and senators and uh, chairman of the board of major corporations. And almost uniformly, those who had studied Latin uh, wrote back to her telling her they thought it was very valuable and they would do it again. And the final comment I'll make is um, a, a good education doesn't just include uh, practical classes that you put to, uh, you know, actual hands-on practical use in your occupation or profession. It also includes classes that are meant to, um, to exercise one's mind and to expand one's uh, appreciation for things, including classical things. And uh, I would just comment on that. And uh, 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 along with the young lady who is on your program, I would study uh, Latin again anytime. Okay. That's, e you. that's Evie Bauman from Bloomington South, right. and she is, she is smiling uh, wider than any of the other panelists at the table currently. Just for those of you who don't have the benefit right. of the visual on the radio here. So. Emmanuel, thanks a lot for your call. We really do appreciate it. Thank All right. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Our phone numbers again, 855-0811-877-285-9348. And the web address is wfiu.org slash noon edition. Tony, I want to come to you with a question because um, you're the only person at the table who isn't going immediately to college. Mm -hmm. And I, I just want to ask you about the decision there. I, I mean that you, you hear a lot that, you know, the pressure is to go to college. Yeah. But college isn't for everyone. Um, me personally, I've just – I found it's very difficult for me to go straight to college. One being, uh, one reason being uh, financial. I mean, I'm I uh, recently lost my mom, and so a lot of my financial stability ha has not been there. Um, and so I'm I kind of had to look at, you know, go straight to college and really put myself in the hole, or you know, I can go to this internship still learn towards what I want to do but not be in a financial down um, I mean that's kind of how I had to look at it and when I had heard so much so so much from different people that I knew who uh, knows this internship personally they said that it was a great thing to do especially if I'm really open to even changing. I mean, like I had said, I want to be a youth pastor, but the uh, internship is so open to where, I mean, I could go from that. I could just be music. I mean, who knows? And so I kind of view that as an introductory to college, if you will. I mean, I, I'm only doing less than 30 hours there, so I can still easily get a job. And who knows, within a year, I may be able to go off to college. Well, Tony, when you wrote back to, uh, to Julie, one of our producers, you mentioned the fact that you'd, your mom had passed away when you were in high school and mm -hmm. that art became part of your therapy. Can you expand on that a little bit? Oh, definitely. Um, my mom actually passed away uh, four days after I turned 18. And so um, that was a very difficult time for me, not only because I was just 18, but I'm also first of kin, so I had to sign all of the legal reports and whatnot, and uh, that is by no means anything fun. No. But uh, after coming back from the week that I took off for her funeral, I uh, came back to band, and the band teacher, Mr. Cooper, and all the band students, not only concert band, but also wind ensemble and jazz, they had all personally made a card for me. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, they're... There were some people that I really didn't even know personally, but they're just saying, hey, you know, I'm really sorry for your loss. If you ever need me, I'm here to talk. I mean, that helped me so much because then it's like, you know, okay, I know that I've got people to talk to. Mm -hmm. And it was the same way in the drama department. I mean, 
I may not have had a card, but I mean, everybody was still coming up to me, you know, giving me hugs, saying that, you know, if you ever need me, that I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was, it was so therapeutic for me just because I had people to talk to. And then I also directed my, um, my sadness towards what I was doing. So mm-hmm. I noticed when I was thinking about my mom and soloing and jazz band, my solos were completely different, had a completely different flavor to it. And I'd like to think that they were better. Uh-huh. But, you know, in the same way, when, when I was acting on stage, I could really focus in a lot better. I mean, <clears throat> for me personally, it was just, you know, I knew that my mom had passed away and I had dealt with it through mm-hmm. the arts. And it was something that was really quite amazing for me because mm-hmm. I had no idea that I was going to uh, come to terms with it, really. Yeah. Before, before we go to the caller, I just should, yeah. should mention this is one thing that you hear lawmakers talk about, or Dr. Bennett has talked about it and about the governor saying we want to treat arts like we treat athletics and we want to try and elevate the, the arts as much as we do other activities uh-huh. in school right now. I should well, just mention that. Yeah, and, and I think, I guess, one thing I would say, to, and thank you for sharing all mm-hmm. that, but one thing I would say is that I think a lot of times some of you, tell me if you think I'm wrong, but a lot of your closer friends or your core group of friends will come from the activities mm-hmm. as opposed to your uh, your Latin class. Well, you oh, might have had a core group of Latin <laughs> friends, but, but you know, from, I, I would imagine, Alex, your Habitat experience and maybe the Dance Marathon experience, I mean, you, you get a core group of friends that will have your back mm-hmm. because you've been through a lot with them. So, Okay, well, we have a couple of phone calls. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Duncan is here from Bloomington. Duncan? Yes, I'm here. Hey, go ahead. Well, I was uh, wondering about uh, American football in the colleges and high schools. Um, the, uh, the, the play stops so frequently, you never have to run more than 15 or 20 seconds, and it encur- encourages kind of the unhealthy body type of a lot of weight for pushing, as well as the high impact of all the protective equipment that's been causing um, concussions and I was wondering if any of the students and the guy that wants to play football had a comment on that. Yeah, well, we'll let Jordan address it. And I might tell you, Jordan's body type is not the kind you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he's, Jordan looks like he's in really good shape, so go ahead. Um, well, actually, for Rose Holman, they're trying to get me to gain weight, which is kind of the opposite of everyone else in America, which is kind of ironic. But um, with the contact part, the, the helmets, is, they're the best we have, really, because even if you're hit with a helmet or without a helmet, you're still going to get hurt if you hit it in the right place. And so the helmets just kind of add a little extra protection and make it more fun for for the players so they can hit hard and not have too much fear of hurting themselves. Um, But back to the weight part, I don't know if it really encourages um, having more weight. I don't know. Kind of confused on that a little bit. But I think that it just depends on the position. Some students or some kids just – don't have as high metabolism. It just can't be the quick little cornerback. They have to be on the line. And so um, it just depends on the person. And what about uh, the idea? I mean, Duncan talks about, yeah, in a football game, there's a short play mm-hmm. and then a huddle and then a short play yeah, and then yeah. a huddle. But yeah, what about the most dangerous part of the game? Yeah, what about <laughs> what resting up to hit harder? <laughs> what about conditioning uh, for football, though? Mm-hmm. I mean, did you feel like it, it was something that would be to your long-term benefit? Yeah, I really think it does because I played football and basketball, and when I transitioned from football to basketball, it would I would not be in basketball shape, quote unquote, because it's completely different. Football is, mm-hmm. like you said, it's going for a few seconds, going really hard, and then coming back and taking a break. Mm-hmm. But for those few seconds, you're you know those you just have a few seconds, and so you're going really hard. And basketball, as we all know, it's running and running and running and <laughs> agility. Right. And, and so um, they, they each have their benefits. Alex, you had a comment? Having um, played a couple varsity sports and being really involved with the athletic department um, during high school, I know that across the board in the state of Indiana, schools are trying to do a better job at recognizing um, concussions and doing concussion testing, impact testing, and focusing a lot on the safety and health of the athletes. So I know that um, it hasn't been the best in the past, but I know that it's at least getting much better. It's mm-hmm. a it's an issue for soccer too, isn't it? With soccer, it's a um, huge issue. Where you don't wear helmets. and Yeah, you know. no, it's a huge issue in soccer, and I know they're doing um, impact testing for even track now, track and field, so mm-hmm. right. <laughs> all sports. All right, Duncan, we appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, thanks Thank you. a lot. We have uh, Misty from Bloomfield. She wants to talk about Latin. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Hi, Misty. 
Hi. Um, yes, indeed. Not to beat a dead horse, but I um, myself <laughs> am um, uh, working toward a uh, license uh, in uh, Latin education at the high school level up at IUB through their uh, school's education. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of elaborate on what a, a couple of callers ago the uh, gentleman was, was saying about the benefits of uh, studying Latin. Uh, certainly, um, over uh, at least a majority of our uh, English vocabulary is in fact derived from either Latin or Greek, and um, certainly building uh, words, knowing uh, grammar and such, uh, is important for uh, standardized testing of various types. Uh, certainly the uh, very fixed and logical grammar that is uh, a part of Latin and Latin instruction it, uh, exercises one's logical faculties. Uh, that can be certainly beneficial in other classes and outside of the classroom. Um, and so I think that um, before legislators begin cutting uh, classes that they might, uh, that on their surface might appear irrelevant or less relevant, uh, they should start thinking a bit more, you know, outside of the box. All right, Misty, thanks. Mm-hmm. Evie, you want to respond to that? I feel like I should say a phrase in Latin or something. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. It has helped me. It has taught me more grammar than any of my English classes in high school did. It has benefited in a lot of areas, definitely. How about a transition here? What, is, uh, what does this word le- mean in Latin? Argentum? Do you know this, this word? In silver? Silver. I think, I think it's... it's the, Google tells me it's money. This, okay. is, uh, this is why you shouldn't ever try and orchestrate a transition through <laughs> yeah, Google. Yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, but, I, I trust Evie. I'm um, saying silver. On, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably right. I think that's really simple. Anyway, my point is money. I, I'd like to move into the area of, of, of finances as you kind of move into college. I mean, Tony mentioned that one of the reasons that he opted to go for the internship experience rather than the college experience is money. Um, and I'm wondering where you guys are in terms of the money. What um, – what, what either what scholarships you guys are getting or, or not getting, um, and uh, what kinds of debt you're kind of expecting as you go into that, because that's a huge factor going on right now in college. Uh, Evie, we'll start with you again. Well, fortunately, um, in March, I got a call, and I was a Lilly Foundation um, or Lilly Endowment from the Community Foundation scholarship recipient, and so was Alex, mm-hmm. actually. So um, we both will be headed to two Indiana schools for a full ride. So um, for undergraduate, all um, debt should be pretty much covered. I think all we have to pay is Roman board. So I'm very fortunate to have that. So luckily, that wasn't a factor in my college decision, but I know a lot of people it it definitely was. Mm-hmm. Two of the lucky ones, right? right. <laughs> Two of the, the – they earned it. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> Jordan? Well, my mom might be a little mad at me about this, but <laughs> to bring it up again, the Lilly Scholarship, mm-hmm. I actually did not fill it out because it said on no. the uh, – um, it said on the form online, it said it's need-based. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can figure out that that's um, not necessarily what I could qualify for, but – some people were telling us as it was too late and saying, well, this person got it and they had a lot of money. And so my mom's still kind of upset that we didn't fill it out. But <laughs> <laughs> congrats to you two for making it. <laughs> um, but uh, Rose Holman is a private school and it's not cheap. It's 52000 or so a year. And so when I saw that originally, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. That's That's expensive. And I'm sure all you here in Bloomington will be glad to know that my uh, first choice originally was the school up in the West Lafayette, uh-huh. in, uh, uh-huh. Purdue. And, uh, yeah, the only reason you're on the show is because you didn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> well, well, you're an engineer, and it makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Purdue was originally my choice, and I thought that if I could get Rose Holman below Purdue, then it would be logical because Rose Holman has a very, very good undergraduate program. And so um, – I actually ended up getting it lower through some scholarships. There's a thing called a Heritage Fund, which is a Columbus thing, and there's 56 different scholarships that you can apply for. And I mean, you can't apply for all of them because some of them are um, specific. But I got a few from that, and then also my mom and my mom and dad did a lot of research on other local scholarships, and so just filled out for those, and we got it. I think down to. Eighteen or twenty thousand. So, mm-hmm. well, I think in in, in a general sense, so we're going to have a big story in our paper, the Herald Times, on Sunday about student debt, and mm-hmm. the student debt I think is larger now overall than credit card debt in mm-hmm. America. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Alex, you already already want to respond to this, <laughs> but it, it seems like a lot of your friends, a lot of your colleagues, a lot of a lot of young people are going into this, into school knowing that 
they're going to have a, a big amount of debt to repay before they even start their first job. Um, for me, between the uh, generosity of the Lilly Endowment and an academic scholarship from IU, I'm really lucky, and my school is covered. Um, but for a lot of my closest friends, they're going to schools, and in order for them to go to the schools they want to go to, um, that they're qualified to go to, pursue their dreams and the majors they want to um, study, they are going to be in debt until they are in their 40s. Um, and that's really scary. It's pretty scary for me, knowing that a lot of students um, are going to go to school and there's just not financial aid out there for them. There's a huge section of America that is not getting any financial aid and um, students that are going to be in debt <laughs> far into their adult lives. And that's mm-hmm. that's pretty scary. And then, I mean, on top of that, and you guys, you talked about how this is for your undergraduate. But if you decide that you want to go on to medical school or you want to go on to law school or you want to get a Ph.D. or whatever it is that you want to do – it's going to be, I mean, that Lilly scholarship is going to run out. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to look for something else, right? Yeah, I do have a lot of friends who chose IU for that reason, for undergraduate. You know, they wanted to take this time to work and be able to pay for graduate school in the future or med school or those future plans. Yeah, now two of you worked during high school. You worked at Cummins, and you had a job that kept you at work till 7 o'clock at night. Roughly, so, yeah. Yeah. So what percentage of your friends would you say – I know a lot of you were involved in a lot of extracurricular activities, but what percentage of your friends had a job of some sort, at least at some sometime during high school? I would say almost all of them, maybe just a few of them. But I know some people that had up to three jobs because they needed to to support their family and for college. Mm -hmm. But it just kind of depends. But most of them, definitely. I would have to agree there completely. Most of my friends did. I actually know one who would get out of school, head uh, straight to his job, and actually wouldn't come home until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning to turn around and go to school five hours later. Right. (laughs) Wow. I would actually say um, not a lot of them. Not mm-hmm. a lot of the people I was friends with in high school um, had to work. I think people in high school, it's not usually up to them. It's if they you know, need the money. And if you're really involved um, in stuff, you usually don't have time for a job. And the flip side of that is if you have to get a job, you can't always be involved in high school as much as you'd like to be. And that trade-off there yeah. that's really hard. How competitive is the admissions game? I mean, yeah, you've got the money on your side, but, I mean, you're shaking your head. <laughs> what, what's that been like to kind of negotiate through as you kind of approach this next up, this upcoming fall? I mean, it's, it's very competitive. And going back to um, SAT, ACT scores, a lot of it comes down to those scores um, and your GPA in most schools because they are looking at so many students um, going through the application process that that is basically what they're looking at. And it was almost a frustration when I was applying, you know, oh, I wish they would, you know, know me and get to know what I've been involved in. Um, But it's uh, being involved, that's a huge thing. And if you're having to work, if you had to work your way through high school and you weren't able to be involved in as many things, that, you know, that could hurt you. Um, I found it to be extremely competitive. I mean, pure numbers, like a lot of those places, it is the top 3% of their applicants who are getting in there. And there are so many incredible students across the nation, just sheer numbers, so many who do so many things that I found it's it has been just um, kind of a personal satisfaction, confidence level. You know, you just have to realize there are more important things than getting into the perfect school, the dream school. You know, mm-hmm. there are so many routes to take. And um, not all hope is lost if uh, it doesn't work out in your favor. Will you guys cop to being competitive among classmates? Is it within within your school? Is there a lot of like try and one-upsmanship going on? You're nodding your head vigorously, Tony, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's plenty. Uh, I know several people who, uh, you know, because we get an acknowledgement at Brown County for the top 10, and even in our uh, community. And I mean, I'd have people I'd have some of my friends be like the 11th or 12th and going, what? No. <laughs> 13 hours of studying. Yeah. You know, and you get some people who are just naturally talented like that can just like have photographic memory, just blaze through quizzes and whatnot. I mean, it's definitely competitive. I mean, yeah. Well, the one thing you all – I'm sure you all are bright enough to know that you're not defined by what happens to you in high school either. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've you got a long way to go. All right. We have a phone call. Let's go to Dennis on the phone. Dennis? Um, hi. Uh, you know, since we're talking about money, I wonder, um, like, what the, what the young people think about, like, really being successful and, 
and making money. And um, there was an article in the Herald Times, I think it's a couple of years ago, it's a young female, she was like the high school correspondent, I'm not sure I'm saying it right, uh-huh. but she wrote an article about when um, the football coach was fired and uh, they were going to pay him, Bill Lynch, like $245,000. And she said she would drive home and see people holding signs out asking for money, and yet our university could fire someone and pay him $245,000. Like, what? I mean, the question was, like, I think she asked at the end, what direction are we headed in it? And she really ended it by saying, you know, I'm really confused. And just one other quick thing. Um, it might be interesting to have some young folks on that weren't accepted into college and uh, maybe didn't do as well as some of these students and just hear their perspective, too. So that's all I have to say. Yep. Thanks, Dennis. I, I certainly don't disagree with that, but, mm-hmm. you know, we... We have one show like this a year, so we, we try to, yeah, <laughs> you know, we have to pick carefully, but I, I don't know. Okay, anyway, response to Dennis, and where does money kind of fall in your, uh, in, in your world? Anybody want to? S- well, let me, let me spin the question okay. this way. Do you guys? We have about two minutes. What, yeah, so, so in about like, <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's change it from money to how are you going to make money? What do you, where do you see yourselves in the future here? If you, if you guys want to take 20 or 30 seconds to, to forecast into the future. Uh, not entirely sure about the future. I just have felt a lot of pressure in college. There's a lot more pre-professional pressure. What are you going to do? How's that going to lead to a job? And um, it's kind of sad that there's a loss of academia. You know, you mm-hmm. can't just go to college to explore this area. Um, so uh, hopefully I'll find something I'm happy doing, whether I'm making $2,500. <laughs> yeah, everyone's been asking me, oh, you know, what are you going to do after college? And I kind of enjoy saying, well, I don't know, because I don't know. <laughs> and I would like to end up doing something um, where I can make some money, but also something that I would get up every morning and be so happy that I'm doing, really, something mm-hmm. that I'm passionate about. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they said, something I'm passionate about, but Really, the big man upstairs has the final say, and so whatever he has in store for me is uh, uh-huh. is where I'm going to end up, and so I've got to be happy with it. Yep, and I completely agree with that. All I can say is really I'm just going to put my heart into whatever I do, and hopefully I wind up finding something that will pay decently, yeah. <laughs> pay yeah. the bills. Great. Well, those are all very good perspectives. We're out of time. I wish we had about an hour more to <laughs> talk to you guys. But I want to thank Evie Bauman, um, Alex St. John, Tony West, and Jordan Patterson for being here with us today. Also, Kyle, it's always good to be with you. Yeah, Kyle it's Stokes. good to be here. Thank you. And we had Mia Partlow sitting in today as one of our producers, four producers, Gretchen Frazee and Julie Ra. My usual co-host, Mary Catherine Carmichael, uh, engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Also, Premier Ortho, a division of Premier Healthcare helping people living with injuries and chronic back, spine, or joint pain to get back on their feet. Premier Ortho, 333-1933, online at mypremierortho.com.